Hello everyone, JD here, and welcome to a sneak peek of Through the Veil, which officially launches on August 16th. This episode was originally scratched as it was the first recording I made as a learning experience for the software writing and editing. If you like what you hear, please give that five-star review a hug, follow, and share with a friend. Look for us on Facebook by searching at JD Through the Veil and on Twitter at JD the Veil. Again, thanks for listening, and now on with the episode. Within the human psyche, there lies a secret, sometimes subconscious, obsession or curiosity with the unknown. This is further evident with the uptick in the popularity of online supernatural games. Experiences such as Charlie Charlie and Momo are all in the same creepy vein as the ever-popular urban legend of Bloody Mary. What is it that causes these experiences or challenges to go viral? Welcome, listeners, to Through the Veil. I'm your host, the one who still has his wife kill a spider for him, JD. Do you all remember the game Hide and Seek? You know, the game where one of your friends covers their eyes and buries their face and counts to a specific number while you and the rest of the kids run to find that perfect hiding spot? Well, if it was anything like the games of hide-and-seek I played as a kid, whenever I found what I thought to be the best hiding spot, I realized that, man, I really had a pee. So all of my time in my perfect hiding spot was spent doing the quietest version of the pee-pee dance. Now, when I became a teenager, we used to play hide-and-seek at night around the high school campus. My friend's dad lived on property as a caretaker, so we would have massive sleepovers at his house. And to top it all off, the school was located right next door to a cemetery, which we also frequented at night. Now, please, don't try that yourself, because if the creepy shadows don't get you, local law enforcement will. I know that one from experience. It's just some of the crazy things we do as kids. Well, what about the crazy things we do as young adults or adults? Such as the game of one person hide and seek. How will you do this, you might ask? Well, this is the creepy part. How about you play hide and seek with a spirit? That's right, I said, with a spirit. So when I was looking up information about this particular experience, I couldn't find much about the origin, other than it apparently originated in Japan. And once again, the Japanese paranormal has terrified me. It appears to have come from a Shinto ritual. Shinto, if you do not know, is the oldest religion in Japan. It is a religion that has no founder or prophets. All I could find were the different people sharing their experiences, which of course cannot be validated. And oddly enough, a ton of sites offering how to perform the ritual, which I will be discussing. The scary part was learning, as I said before, that all of the different sites providing instructions were all the same. There were no differing instructions. While this does not solidify this as true, 
it starts to develop small credibility. If you are anyone who knows me, you would know that there are three things that scare the hell out of me. Spiders, creepy kids, and dolls. This experience uses a doll or a stuffed animal, which is a major nope in my book. That's the last thing I need is a doll chasing me around in the dark. Now before we get into the meat of this experience, let me preface it by saying I do not recommend anyone trying this. I do not condone it, and if you decide to try it, you do so at your own risk. Leave me out of it. Please heed my advice. Just listen and be entertained with this experience through this podcast. So, to summarize this experience, you will be playing hide-and-seek with a spirit that you have invited to fill the vessel of a doll or stuffed animal at 3 a.m. in the morning with no lights on, only the glow of a TV. Oh yes, we're going there. Here's my problems with this, other than the obvious doll part. You have to do it at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is what's known as the witching hour. Supposedly, it is the time of day in which the veil between our world and the land of the dead is at its thinnest. This makes it easier for the spirits that live in that realm to influence our world. This is also why most ghost hunters utilize overnight activities during their investigations. Now, let's go into the instructions that are said to have to be done in order to partake in this terrifying experience. These are the things you'll need. One stuffed doll or animal, and it must have limbs such as legs arms, so forth. Dry rice, enough to fill the doll or stuffed animal full because you're going to gut it and rip out all of its insides and replace it with the rice. One needle and one long crimson thread. One pair of nail clippers. One sharp-edged tool such as a knife, a glass shard, or scissors. One cup of salt water. Natural salt works best. A bathroom with a bathtub and some form of counter space. And you'll need a hiding place, preferably a room purified by incense and ofuda. And there must be a TV in there. I can already tell you this isn't sounding healthy. Preparation. Take out whatever the doll is stuffed with. Once all of its stuffing is removed, restuff it with rice. The rice represents the innards and also has the role of attracting spirits. Number two, clip off a few pieces of your fingernails and put them inside the doll. Sew up the opening with the crimson thread and when you finish sewing, tie up the doll with the rest of the thread. Do not cut it and throw it away. The crimson thread represents a blood vessel. It seals the spirit or spirits up inside the doll. Number three, go to the bathroom and fill your bathtub with water. 
Number four, return to your hiding place and put the cup of salt water on the ground. Now this is how you do it. You give a name to your doll. This name can be any name except for your own. When the time is 3 a.m., say your name is the first it to the doll three times. So if your name is Emily, you would say Emily is the first it and you would say this three times. You then would go to the bathroom and put the doll into the water-filled bathtub. Next, you turn off all the lights in your house, go back to the hiding place, and switch on the TV. Make sure the TV is on a channel that uh, is, is like snow and static. After counting to 10 with your eyes closed, return to the bathroom with the edge tool in your hand. Go to the bathtub and say to the doll, I have found you. Insert doll's name. So if you named your doll Ricky, you would say, I have found you, Ricky. And then stab the doll with the edged tool, making sure to cut as many of the crimson threads as possible. Then you would say, you are the next it, Ricky. As you take the doll out of the bathtub, leave it on the counter in the bathroom. As soon as you have put the doll down on the counter, run back to your hiding place and hide. Now how to finish this experience is you would pour half of the cup of salt water into your mouth. Don't swallow it. Just keep it there. Get out of your hiding place and start looking for the doll. This is when you're going to realize that the doll is not necessarily in the bathroom where you left it. Whatever happens though, do not spit out the salt water. And when you find the doll, pour the rest of the salt water that's in the cup over the doll. Then spit out the salt water in your mouth onto the doll as well and say, I win three times. This is supposed to end the ritual. Now, after you do this and you have your little fun, with Creepy Ricky. Make sure you dry the doll, burn, and discard it later. Now, if you go out of the your hiding place without the salt water in your mouth, you may encounter something wandering around in your house, which may want to harm you in some way. The way to feel the presence of something wandering around is to watch what happens to the TV. As I said earlier, the directions are all the same, no matter where you find them. Some of you may ask, what's up with the salt water? Well, salt has a long history with the supernatural. You see, salt is supposed to represent purity. It is said that spirits and evil entities cannot cross salt lines, and that it actually could weaken them. This is all theory, of course. But there have been reports of mediums using salt circles to ensure safety during seances. Now, we go back to this awesome experience of solitary hide-and-seek with the creepy doll chasing you around in the dark. Now that we have the instructions out of the way, there are apparently rules for this experience as well, and they are as follows. Number one, do not leave your house until you have done the finishing part of the experience. Number two, you must turn off every single light in your house when told to do so. Number three, you must keep quiet while you are hiding. 
number four, you do not need to put the salt water in your mouth at the beginning. You only need to do it during the finishing phase of the experience. And this is a big one. Remember, if you're like a roommate with somebody or you have other people living in your home uh, or apartment, wherever you're trying this, uh, doing this experience could also put them in danger as well. Number six, keep the ritual or game or experience under two hours. If it exceeds two hours, the spirit may be too strong to remove. And finally, for safety reasons, it might be best to keep all the doors in your house or apartment unlocked including your front door. And as an extra layer of protection, have some friends close by so they can come and help, perhaps with a cell phone handy. <laughs> Just going over the instructions here, and it's, it's pretty dark. Um, definitely not something I'm willing to try. Now, I don't know if this is the type of thing I believe in, but it already sounds like it's something not to mess around with. And when we return, I will tell you about some people that supposedly did play, and I was able to dig up the story. Stay with us. Welcome back to Through the Veil. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Now let's continue. The hide-and-seek-by-yourself game apparently has some people who have actually attempted this. And we're going to talk about that at account. I managed to dig it up. Now, it must be noted that this account is from the internet, so it can't be verified. I take everything I read online with a grain or two of salt. So, listeners, let's take this salt, make a circle around us to protect us from the possible BS that may emerge. This account comes from an American who at the time was living in Japan in what looks like some exchange program. Let's call her Sarah. Sarah was living with her Japanese sister, Akane. Akane told Sarah about a game that she wanted to play called Hitori Kakarenbo, which loosely translates to hide and seek alone. Akane told her that it was a fun game and that some of the other girls she knew from school had tried it. And it was an actual way to play hide-and-seek with a spirit. But here's the kicker. Akane didn't want to play alone. Sarah, she was skeptical, as most people are when it comes to these kinds of things. If anything, it piqued her curiosity. This, of course, would be something that she would regret later. After agreeing to play this ghost game with her Japanese sister Akane, they purchased a doll from the local store. And then Sarah watched as Akane tore out the doll's inner stuffing and replaced it with uncooked rice, and then naming the doll Arena. Akane then turned to Sarah and said, Now I need two drops of blood. One from me, one from you. Akane pricked her own finger and then pricked Sarah's finger and mixed it in with the rice. Hold up one second. Using blood for any ritual that is supposed to conjure a spirit never works out well in the end. I just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, Akane was then struggling while trying to remember the steps that she had gathered from her friends, you know, the ones that had supposedly done this before. 
Sarah watched as Akane began sewing the doll back up after filling it with the rice and blood and then wrapped the red thread around the doll to bind it. Why are you doing that? Sarah asked, looking very confused. Well, the thread is supposed to represent blood vessels to which we will cut tonight at three. Three in the afternoon or three in the morning? Sarah asked with a concerned look on her face. Three in the morning, you idiot, she smirked at Sarah. Sarah continued to watch as Akane made up two separate cups of salt water and put down salt lines at the foot of her parents' door. And what's that for, she asked curiously. Akane looked at Sarah. Apparently, the salt keeps the spirits from coming into the room that you are hiding in, Akane explained. Oh, and we're going to be hiding in there, Sarah asked with a hopeful gleam in her eye. Akane smiled and let out a little chuckle. No, that wouldn't be any fun, would it? I just don't want their room getting destroyed, she said. Destroyed, Sarah thought to herself. What kind of results are we expecting? Everything was ready. All the girls had to do was wait until 3 a.m. The time was here. It was 3 in the morning, and the girls had the house to themselves as Akane's parents were out visiting her aunt, who had just had a new baby. How convenient. They went into the bathroom, put the doll in the bathtub full of water, and together they shouted. Akane and Sarah are the first it, and they did this three times. The girls then ran out of the bathroom, through the house, turning off all the lights, again as the instructions advised. Akane grabbed a knife as she passed through the kitchen and left the cups of salt water on the table. The girls then made their way back to the bathroom looked down into the tub, and the doll was still there, seemingly grinning back up at them. Arena, Akane and Sarah have found you, they yelled before yanking it out of the tub. Akane stabbed the heart and made sure to sever a lot of the red thread before dumping it back into the tub. Arena is the second it, the girls chanted three times. They then ran back into the family room, where the only light was the subtle glow of the TV. They each took a gup of salt water, making sure not to swallow it, then held their cups firmly before settling in the closet. Akane had left open a crack in the door just a little bit, because she wanted to watch what would happen to the TV. In retrospect, this was a horrible idea as they would have probably been better off leaving the door closed completely. The girls sat there in the dark and in the silence, carefully watching the television from the crack in the closet door. They could see the snow and hear the static from the set. Now after sitting there for about five minutes and beginning to feel pretty stupid for even trying this, the TV started to change channels quickly. Through the rapid changing of the channels, they were starting to hear complete sentences using words from the different channels. 
you know, the kind of the same way a, a ghost box is thought to work. So the girls hushed themselves even further. I will find you. The words rang from the TV. Sarah pulled herself further into the closet. She was terrified. The air around them seemed to be getting colder as the temperature drops are a common phenomena when dealing with spirit energies and manifestations. Akane didn't move. She was frozen with her eyes still pressed against the crack in the closet door. The girls were paralyzed with fear. They could now hear footsteps through the house and thumping noises that seemed to be coming from everywhere. Where are you? The voice coming through the rapidly changing channels. Then the girls heard the footsteps stop. Whatever was making them had stopped right in front of the closet door. Are you in here? The TV rang out again. The girls began to panic, all while trying to remain quiet and still. Then they both heard the most chilling words of all emanate from the TV. Found you. Kane screamed as she fell backwards onto the closet floor. The knife that she had used to stab the doll was now protruding from the eye she had used to peek through the small crack in the door. She had also swallowed her salt water by accident. Luckily, by some miracle, through all the terror of the spirit apparently finding them and seeing her friend Akane with a knife in her eyeball, Sarah did not swallow her salt water. Now me, I would have gulped it and pissed it right back out. Sarah, however, was clutching her cup of salt water like a champ. She waited until the static from the TV was just that, static. The rapid flipping of the channels had ceased, and Akane was sobbing quietly, the knife still in her eye, as she managed to whip her out. You need to end the ritual. Oh, great, thought Sarah. My friend is in need of medical attention. We have a demon running around the house playing some twisted game of indoor Marco Polo, and I have to go out and face it when my friend is in here bleeding to death while I'm sitting here holding on to this stupid cup of salt water. Nevertheless, Sarah gathered up her courage and exited the closet, determined to end the ritual as fast as possible. She was wandering around the house, thinking, here I am wandering around the house looking for this stupid doll. The first place Sarah went was obviously the bathroom where they had left the doll. It was not there. Her heart sank into the pit of her stomach, and her hands began to shake. She was finding it difficult to hold a cup of salt water. Sarah went into Akane's bedroom, and there it was. Their evil playmate, Irina, sitting up on Akane's bed, still with that stupid grin. Sarah threw the salt water from her cup onto the doll, then spat the salt water from her mouth onto it as well. I win, Sarah shouted three times. She grabbed the doll violently and ran out of the house and put it into the neighbor's trash can, soaked it with gasoline, and she lit that bad boy on fire. And it was now around 5 a.m. Sarah went back to the closet and told Akane it was over, that she had completed the ritual. The knife was still sticking out of Akane's eye, so Sarah called an ambulance. Akane 
had to have emergency surgery to remove the knife and attempt to repair the damage. Sadly, Akane would be blind to that eye for the rest of her life. When questions arose regarding how the hell a knife ended up in her eye, Akane lied and told them she had tripped with the knife in her hand while she had gotten up early to cook breakfast. This was Sarah's story as well. But since that night, even though Sarah supposedly ended the ritual as Akane had instructed her, it seemed that it was not over. Akane told Sarah that she could still see Irina sometimes, but only using the eye that is now blind, and Sarah sees things out of the corner of her eye as well. Other strange goings-ons have also been happening to Sarah since the ritual. She still hears footsteps outside of her door at three in the morning. Her television comes on and rapidly changes channels, and the sound on the TV warps and distorts. Both Akane and Sarah are now keeping incense burning and have salt ready in their bedrooms at all times. Dealing with all these things, Sarah decided to look up the ritual herself. After she reads the directions, she realizes that they made a lot of mistakes. And Sarah feels like the biggest mistake was using blood instead of fingernails to combine with the rice inside the doll. Unbeknownst to her, this can apparently curse you. Duh, Sarah. Although, I think the biggest mistake was doing this whole thing in the first place. Sarah has put out a warning to anyone who comes across her story that if anyone asks you to play Hitori Kakarimbo or One Man Hide and Seek, just don't do it. Well, Sarah, point taken and surely noted. Now, here are my problems with this story. I was pretty much on board with the whole thing until I got to the knife sticking out of Akane's eyeball thing. For one... If she fell back into the back of the closet, how the hell did the knife end up sticking out of her eyeball, which we all know is located on the front of your face? The second thing is Akane just stayed there quietly sobbing. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I had a knife sticking out of my eyeball, out of my head, I would not be able to quietly sob all while whimpering out instructions on how to end the ritual. I mean, I guess maybe they left the knife in the bathroom with the doll and it picked it up and went to town on Akane as the story never mentions if they took it with them or not after stabbing it. It was the eye that was peeking out through the crack in the closet, so I mean, I guess maybe. It's just a little much for me. I'm not trying to discredit this account. In fact, if I could track her down, I'd love to talk to Sarah more about it. But with the details that we do have of the story, all I can picture is a scene from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie with the pirate with the wooden eyeball gets a fork stuck in it and he's just kind of sitting there looking around and the fork's changing directions. I'm sorry. Akane, if that really happened, I'm, I'm sorry. Now, if the story's not true, at least it serves as a good cautionary tale that people shouldn't play with dead things. Now, parents, please remember 
when you check under your kids' beds and in their closets at night looking for monsters, don't forget to check their phones and their bathtub too. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed putting it all together for you. If you liked this week's episode, don't forget to give it a review and follow the podcast. If you have your own stories you would like to share on the show, please search for us on Facebook by searching at JD Through the Veil and send us a message. Also, follow me on Twitter at JD the Veil. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking the link in the show description. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you listening and helping this podcast grow. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind. This is JD, and you have just had the opportunity to peer through the veil.